Do you remember the color? Pocket eight and the eight seven. Seven, seven, eight. Do I remember? Yes, I remember. And the hand before you, I, like like three hands before you hurricaned in like three hundred big blinds with some. And then and then two hands later you get top full of her strips. I like this one. Okay, okay, coming. I mean, I like everything. I hope you're balanced with your responses. To my cards. Yeah, I'm pretty balanced. Every okay. time I like two cards. <laughs> You, you like start I, telling a story. I, did you you know, I, I played a big one. pot with that one once. <laughs> we are playing 500, 1,000 with a $2,000 big blind ante at Hustler Casino Live. This is their million dollar cash game. The main event in this hand. Doug Polk, heads up, super crusher. YouTube sensation. He says it like he thinks it is. Folds around to him in the cutoff. He opens it up with the five four spades. Tom Dwan, he's been smashing for forever. Nice. He picks up pocket sevens in the small blind and bumps it up to 14,000. Calling's fine when you're playing in a game that has negligible rake. Three betting's also fine, though. Tom does bump it up. Over to Doug Polk, you may be surprised to see him call with only the five high. But playing deep stacked in position with any sort of suited, connected hand, you have to call, you have to see the flop. You got to be willing to get that million dollars in the pot sometimes. Let's go to the flop. How much did you like his hand? Was it Doug Polk opening the suited connector in the cutoff? Tom Dwan puts in the three bet from the small blind and flops middle set. 31,000 in the middle. Tom bets about half pot. And Doug Polk is going to float. Before the flop, it is worth noting that Doug showed Wesley his hand. Now look, if I'm playing for a million dollars, I'm probably not showing anybody my cards because I don't know if they have a good poker face. I don't know what they're going to say. I don't know if they're friends with my opponent. So should probably keep your cards a secret. That said, I do know that some people like creating an overly friendly environment, like having good camaraderie at the table, which, you know, I'm all for, but at the same time, not at the risk of letting somebody else see my cards. Anyway, Wesley sees Doug Polk's hand, and Tom's already trying to figure out, what did Wesley say? Is he giving off some sort of a read? Maybe he is, maybe it isn't. I would hope that Wesley's going to be reasonably balanced in this spot so that he doesn't end up liquidating all of Doug Polk's money. Who knows what's actually happening here, though? Anyway, flop comes king, seven, two. Two diamonds, one spade. Tom Dwan has the middle set. That's pretty good. Doug Polk has five high. But it's a pretty good five high because it has a backdoor flush draw and a backdoor straight draw. Tom bets 15,000. And normally, when you flop a set in a three-bet pot, especially if the board's kind of uncoordinated, you're going to want to bet relatively small. But these players are playing 1,000 big blinds deep. As you get deeper and deeper stacked, Typically, bigger bets should be used. I'm actually not the most studied player in a thousand big blind deep poker, so I'm going to presume Tom knows exactly what he is doing. So Tom does go for half pot. Over to Doug. He has the five high, but he has position. And he has a lot of turn cards that are going to give him pretty good equity. So, look, if he was facing a smaller bet, like let's say even 10,000 into the 30,000 pot, this would just be an easy call. 
Facing a slightly bigger bet of 15,000, eh, it starts to get a little bit closer. And if Tom bet bigger, then Doug can just easily fold. Doug does decide to call, though. He likes to battle. Let's head to the turn. Needs running cards to make a hand. That's a good one. Doug is now open-ended. Doug and Tom battling. I mean... Win on the river with an eight or a three. Let's get this going. We were actually slightly different eras. Really? Tom got big like four or five years before me. You got big? <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess 34 or however many years before me. This, this it should be the Ivy. The Ivy? Yeah. Sure, yeah, get Colin. Another half pot bet. One fifteen, and Doug's gonna raise. We know Tom's not folding. One fifteen. One fifteen. Yeah. He's got the second nuts. Doesn't really have to worry about Doug having pocket kings too much. Doug would have likely four bet before the flop. So in Durr's eyes, he actually has the nuts. The turn card brings the six of hearts, which is excellent for Tom Dwan because a flush does not come in. And it actually improves Doug Polk quite a bit. So. Tom does go for another half pot bet, which I think is perfectly reasonable. Over to Doug. Should he call? Should he fold? Should he raise? What do you think? Take a second, think about it. Folding is out of the question. You cannot fold. The only options here are to call, which is definitely reasonable, or to raise. And when you are considering which hands you want to raise with on the turn, quite often some of the best hands to raise are hands that have no showdown value at all, but still have decent equity even when you are called. And we see in this scenario, Doug actually has 18%, which, you know, 18% is not a ton, but it's certainly not zero, right? So I think this 5-4 is actually a pretty great hand to raise with, and he does. He makes it 115,000. He pulls out the big guns. Yes! And so, back over to Tom Dwan. Let's see what he does. Doug raised to 115, not 150. There's wondering, does he have a smaller set? Or is he on a draw? Tom really taking his time here. Perhaps trying to feign weakness.
perhaps just thinking it over. All right, come on, man. Let's 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 move it along a little bit here. <laughs> Can you laugh? Yeah. You just did. <laughs> I mean, is that okay for you? It's a little weird. He saw your hand. He raises his turn. It's like a little bit to think about. Tom Duan was the first hot shot. No, I, I didn't say his hand. I said this whole process. Coming from the, the internet to the live poker world. Doug's having a lot of regrets right now. <laughs> you know, Wesley, this might be the last sweat you get to go on today. <laughs> it's like, oh, time to tell stories. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't even know if you guys know each other. It's a thousand big blinds deep. Right. You're raising the turn. I think that doesn't matter for... Uh, I don't think that matters. <laughs> all right, all right, we got we to move this. I then Doug know. came along, we, I think, about four or five years later, same path. Is that okay? I don't want to be yeah. a yeah. with is, is clock reasonable here? Yeah, I call clock on Jared B. All right, I'll call the clock. This is kind of a bizarre tank. How long is the clock? One minute. It happened to be three. I don't believe about being a after Doug Polk puts in the raise, Tom Duan goes into the tank for three and a half minutes. It's a long tank. That said, they are playing a thousand big blinds deep. You know what? Let's hear what Tom had to say about getting the clock called on him in the spot. You just played a really big pot uh, against Doug Polk. I guess there was a little bit of uh, controversy going on. The, the, there the, was controversy? Why is there always controversy? Well, I don't know. The clock was called on the turn, and then... Yeah, I thought that one was a little quick. River. So what, what, what went down that hand? Walk us close, what happened? Well, so what I said to Rob, I normally try to be, like, quite courteous. Obviously, if someone calls the clock on me in the middle of a hand, that goes out the window. I'm, like, max extracting value, especially mm -hmm. if I think they called early. Mm -hmm. So it is what it is, you know, but I... I did think it was a little bad form to call it so quick on the turn. It's a thousand big blind pot. I had a very real decision, you know. Well, it's weird when you're in the hand because time moves differently, you know. Sorry for talking so long. I'm not saying anything anymore. Like, I don't want to. I call. Interesting. Just a I call. I see a fold after the tape, Danny. <laughs> like, that would have put me on tilt. <laughs> oh, man. I realize these players are playing for a million dollars, 1,000 big blinds, but three and a half minutes on a turn decision is a long time. I would generally think that when someone does call clock, assuming they don't call clock all the time, that usually they are going to be very polarized, either the nuts or a draw of some sort. Now, in this scenario, the draws do have a ton of equity, but a lot of the draws are going to continue bluffing on the river. And notice in this spot, Tom really blocks the strong hands quite well because it's way less likely that Doug has king seven or seven six, both of which may also put in a turn raise. So that makes it more likely Doug is bluffing. If Doug is bluffing, that should make Tom far more likely to call because even though he is going to get outdrawn some portion of the time, he's also going to induce a ton of river bluffs. So... After a while, Tom does find the call. Let's head to the river. Battling. Boat. Yeah, that sweet baby there. For Durr. 
Check. How much, Doug? Four hundred twenty. Snap call. If not, snap jam. But again, Tom's taking his time. Let's get one of these. <laughs> Let's get one of these. Look how much money I'm willing to put out there. <laughs> the river comes the six of spades, giving Tom Dwan a full house and giving Doug Polk five high. Tom checks as he's going to do with his entire range, and Doug has to decide if he should blast the river, or perhaps even bet tiny on the river. This is a spot where when Doug raises the turn, he should be very, very polarized at that point, right? Which means he either has a busted draw or he has a really good made hand. And a lot of the really good made hands just got a whole lot better, like king six or seven six or pocket sixes, all of which make a whole lot of sense. So... I don't think he wants to have very many small bets on the river. Whenever you do get to the river with a really trashy draw, like five high, sometimes it does make sense to use small bets because by betting small, you can get your opponent to fold out their hands like nine eight suited or ace x of diamonds, right? But this is a spot that because Doug's range should not contain a whole lot of medium-ish strength made hands like king queen because he's not going to raise those on the turn, he really should not use a whole lot of small bets on this river. I don't think. Again, I'm not a super duper expert at thousand big blind poker, but I think in this spot, Doug either wants to have big bets or small or big bets only, right? So Doug does go for the $420,000 bet. About 1.3x pot. I don't think this bluff's going to work. I think only call is best here. Are you going to call the clock again? <laughs> I think Tom was worried they were too deep to get the money in on the turn. The hands that aren't bluffs that could take this line are, of course, slow played pocket kings, pocket sixes, which just made quads, and pocket deuces, which would probably fold try to, call the clock on the turn. to a jam. I'd like to see. I feel like it was like two minutes. Like, it's a thousand big blind deep pot. Someone's calling the clock on the turn. It's a little weird. Gotta believe Doug's gonna be steamed up after this one. A Doug vs. Tom fight would definitely break the record. I'm just happy that even if he calls, it won't break my record as the biggest pot, so I'm not really sweating yeah, it. <laughs> It's whatever. It's close, but hands is the man. And it's not even close. No, it's pretty close. What is their thinking? As crazy as it might sound, if you go all in, 
420. You're probably only getting called by better. But you're also never folding. So put in the call. Who needs a big Win the pot. It's going to be over $1.1 million. And listen to Doug rant. Gotta believe he's going to rant after this one. Wesley catching up on some sleep. Wes liked his hand, he said. I like this hand. Tom is again in the tank, taking his sweet time trying to figure out what to do in this spot. And he is considering the fact that he heard Wesley say pre-flop, I like your hand. Maybe that's a bit of a read that's going to sway Tom's decision between shoving and calling. But what I want to know is when you hear someone who looked at your opponent's hand say something like that, do you think that usually means that Doug in this scenario has a very strong preflop hand or a relatively loose, splashy preflop hand? Take a second, think about it, and write what you would do in the comment section below. So apparently Wes said, I like your hand. That's <laughs> giving it his all to take When Doug showed him preflop. This is the biggest bet probably Doug's ever made. That's probably pocket. never going to be pocket king. Oh, it's not good. Hey. Oh, no, no, it's working. Oh, it's got two options. One, I think. Let's put it out. Let's put it out to laugh. Rob, you're leaving in London? No, not here. You know, Robin Hood? Yeah. He's in the film? Not here. Oh, okay. I guess it could be. But I'll go to London in July and August. We'll try to. Could be 7 6. But seven six suited is not available, so it's probably not. I think the players will give her the business after this one. But I think that's correct. Doug doesn't want to call the clock here because that might make Tom call. So he just has to sit there tortured. Even the people on the painting behind Tom have fallen asleep. I like this hand. So what happened was Doug opened, Durr three bet, Doug called and showed his cards to Wesley. Just a friendly thing to do at the poker table. 
Wes said, I like this hand, which does give away some information about Doug's holding. And in my opinion, it makes it incredibly unlikely that Doug has pocket kings. So if you're Durr, you're only worried about pocket sixes. And once you realize Doug can't have seven six suited, it's not a lot to get value from. You just call. And if you see quads, you All see right, quads. Quads. What are we doing? You in. I know I win, probably. Uh oh. The was just if I'm shoving or not, dude. It's if I shove the river or not. I'm never folding. It's if I shove the river or not. Do I shove or not? Of course you shove. No, it's pretty close. Of course you shove. It's definitely close. I think it's not a shove. I'm going to take a break after that one. What happened, pre-flop? Open card. Oh, you're a good actor. Open I'm not, I'm deciding to watch over now. No, I know, I know you have. Well, luckily I'm not worried that you gave anything away anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think you called because of Wesley. Yeah, because of me, yeah. yeah. Maybe, oh, maybe I phone, maybe I phone his uh, I saw, phone, I saw yeah. you have a diamond at 8 and 9. Now oh. we know Tom hates dog. What nice. a hand. It's, it's a weird Sorry, spot dog. to I call. I am adding on some money. Oh, oh my yeah, god, the game is bloody. We're gonna get 600K. Look, how many, how how many videos have you made of Tom? That was the payback. Yeah, I like this, Doug Paul. The, the turn clock call is like a little weird, man. It's like, it's been like two minutes. Months. It's not full back, you're in position, yeah? These two used to have beef, Doug and Tom. Wesley, you okay? If I thought you there's two combos. There's six, seven, two to King six suited, right? I should shove the river normally, like by right. That hand did not do anything to alleviate that beef. After what feels like 40 forevers of tanking again, Tom Dwan finally calls the $420,000 bet. Now, you may ask, why would he slow roll the legendary Doug Polk? He's so nice to everyone. Why would you do this to a YouTube personality? Well, you have to realize that in this scenario, Tom is thinking, should I raise, right? And in this situation, you want to consider which hands will bet gigantic on the river and then call if Tom goes all in. And in this situation, you want to consider what Doug's range looks like. So, which hands will Doug bet the river with that will always call the river that Tom loses to. Well, there are three combinations of pocket kings available. However, remember that Doug just called Tom's preflop three bet. Maybe Doug Polk four bets kings every single time preflop, in which case there would now be zero. Maybe he three bets or four bets them two thirds of the time, in which case there's now one combination, right? So it's difficult to know how many combinations of kings there are because those hands are always gonna bet the river and they're always gonna call a shove, right? Next, pocket sixes. I think you could definitely have the one combination of pocket sixes, so that's clearly in there. All right, those are the hands that Tom loses to. That's two, one, three, four combinations, somewhere in there of hands that Tom loses to. Next, what does Tom beat? Well, Tom beats king six of clubs. Notice the other king sixes are not available. I gotta presume Doug's not gonna call a three-bet preflop of king six offsuit. He might not even call with king six suited, to be fair. So there's one combination of those that will always call and then Tom wins. What about pocket twos? 
would poke, bet the river with pocket twos, and then call a shove. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. It's tough to know because in this spot, I think Tom could definitely have all of the hands that beat pocket twos in this spot. He's probably not going to tank forever like this and then put in a bluff, right? So pocket twos may actually fold. There are three combinations of those that Tom beats, but I think they may actually fold to a shove, especially after all of this insane action. Next, would uh, King Seven of Spades find a hero call? Because it has blockers to pocket kings and pocket sevens and seven six. Maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't, but there's only one combination of that. And again, after this entire long tanking process, if Tom finally does put his money in, it'd be a pretty savage call. So there's something like one, two, or three losses for Tom Dwan, and then one win plus maybe up to four hands that would call that Tom beats, pocket twos and maybe king seven of spades. Notice there are no seven six suited because those are all blocked by Tom's hand in the board. So... In the spot, I think calling's probably reasonable for Tom, especially given he thinks Doug may call preflop with pocket kings against the three bet. So look, it's a dicey spot. I realize there's a little bit of math involved here. You do need to think these things over when you're in Tom's shoes. You need to like triple think these things over when you're in Tom's shoes because you're playing for a ton of money. And I think in this spot, especially if you actually care about the money that is at risk, which, you know, you shouldn't if you're playing a cash game, but I realize these players are probably all playing quite big for them. You may want to be slightly less inclined to take on gigantic risk. And right here, imagine Tom knows he's going to make an extra $2,000 by shoving, but he's going to experience an extra, what, $400,000 in swings? $500,000 in swings, something like that? It's probably not worth it if it is a close spot. Now, look, if... Tom wins on the river when he shoves and gets called like 60% of the time or so, then it's just an obvious shove because you're extracting a ton of value. But if you think it's close, it's probably okay to just find the call. So anyway, Tom Dwan wins. He wins all the money again. Who'd have thought? Nice hand for him. And to be fair, look, I think Doug had to bluff this spot. I think it's a very, very easy spot to bluff and he just ran into it. Sometimes you run into it. A lot of people chicken out when the river pairs, but you have to realize in this spot, Tom's gonna have a lot of hands like aces or ace king or king queen or busted draws and all of those can be put in a really 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 dicey spot when you blast the river so i like doug's play throughout this entire hand maybe he could have folded the flop but once he gets to the turn he just has to go for it and congrats to him for having the courage to make the play even though this time it did not work out that's gonna be it for today if you enjoyed today's video do me a favor click the like and subscribe buttons down below make sure you click the like uh, the notification bell and also we have another video lined up where Doug Polk the Battler battles again against one of my favorite poker video bloggers, Brad Owen. Check it out. I'll talk to all of you next time.